Uh, we're building our cairn, and I'm a couple of rocks short. <laughs> a couple of rocks short of a load. Um, if you don't know what a cairn is, um, you know we explained it the last couple of weeks, and ask somebody around you, and they'll, they'll uh, explain it to you. But the one we're looking at today, I think, hits two two very vital areas for us in regards to living our life for the glory of God and how we live and the difference that it makes. Um, and it touches it, as you can see from the title, if you haven't picked up on it on the top of your outline there, the, these two areas are knowledge and strength. So now that you know what the two areas are, let's pray and we'll get into the passage that um, where it just kind of unfolds it for me. Father, thank you for the way in which you do um, work in our lives, the way in which you uh, build in our lives, the way in which you bring others in. Uh, we thank you for your word and the direction it gives. Now we really need your, we always need your direction, but now as we look into your word, we want the direction from you. We want it to come from you. We want it to help us and pull us deeper into your word, deeper into your heart, deeper into knowing not only what a gracious and loving God you are, but what a powerful God you are, what an all-knowing God you are. Uh, help us to see that. Help us to know that in your word, but also in our lives, we ask. With thanks, in Christ's name, amen. So that Karen, you know, is going to point out for us uh, that prayer, the one we're looking at today, Colossians chapter 1, if you want to turn there, Colossians chapter 1. We're going to start with verse 9. Uh, as I told Pastor Ken, I was preaching on that. He said, oh, he said, you preached on this a year ago. And I looked it up, and it was almost exactly a year ago that I was preaching on the same passage as we were going through Colossians. But as we're looking at it today, we're going to take... You know, we're going, to, we're going to narrow the focus. Um, we're going to narrow the focus down on this passage and look at it as the uh, guidance for prayer. Uh, verse nine starts with the words where it says, "For this reason." Now, really, to help us understand what this reason is, back up with me to verse three. Uh, so, first, uh, first Colossians. There's only one Colossians. Anyway, Colossians chapter 1, the first chapter of the book of Colossians. There we go. Back up to verse 3. It's going to help us to see um, what this reason is. He says, We thank God, excuse me, we always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. For we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love you have for all the saints because of the hope reserved for you in heaven. You have already heard about this hope and the message of truth, the gospel that has come to you. It is bearing fruit and growing all over the world just as it has among you since the day you heard it and recognized God's grace in the truth. You learn this from Epaphras, our dearly loved fellow slave. He is a faithful servant of the Messiah on your behalf and he has told us about your love in the spirit. Now, just to remind you, Paul has never, Paul had never met these people. Paul had not gone. <coughs> excuse me. He did not start this church in Colossae. He didn't go to Colossae. He didn't. He he, he had not been there. Uh, it seems the church in Colossae, the Colossians that he's writing to, was started by by Epaphras, the man that's mentioned there in verse seven. It says, "You learn this from Epaphras, our dearly loved." a fellow slave, a faithful servant of the Messiah on your behalf. Now, many feel that Epaphras learned this while, while he was visiting Ephesus, where Paul ministered for two years. And as Paul was ministering there for two years, 
you know, they feel that that's where Epaphras learned uh, about Christ and came into that relationship with Christ. But notice what he says here in these verses, what Paul says, I heard about. He says, I heard, he heard about their faith in Christ. He heard about their love for all the saints. He heard about the hope that they have in the gospel. He says he heard about their recognizing God's grace and truth. He says he heard about their love in the Spirit. And so he says then in verse 9, he says, For this reason, for all that I have heard about how you embrace, you know, your embracing of the faith that was showing in your lives, he says, for this reason, verse 9, for this reason, all that he said, since the day we heard this, we haven't stopped praying for you. We are asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding so that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him, bearing fruit in every good work and growing in the knowledge of God. May you be strengthened with all power according to His glorious might for all endurance and patience, with joy giving thanks to the Father who has enabled you to share in the saints' inheritance in the light. He has rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of the Son He loves. We have redemption, the forgiveness of sins in Him. Now there's one quick thing I, I want to point out. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to overlook as we're focusing on praying. And uh, th- that's really, you know, you should pray for people you don't know. You know, pray for people you don't know. There's, you can do that, you know, that's... Uh, Certainly, you know, something we should be doing. Uh, I, I, I don't know, you know, if you pay attention to the news, you can pray for things that you see there, the uh, stuff that's going on in Hawaii and those fires. And I just can't believe how many people have, have, have died in that. And uh, pray, pray for their families. Pray for, what, you know, what's going on there when you see things like this. Uh, my sister always, when she'd be in the car and have the, a van full of her kids and an ambulance or something would go by and she'd say, oh, something happened to somebody. We need to pray for them. And she would, and she'd pray for them right then. You know, you can pray for people you don't... Now, maybe it would be, maybe it would be better for us to say, you know, pray, pray for people you only hear about. You know, for those you, you know, that you only hear about. Maybe God had you hear about them so that you might pray for them. You know, I mean, that, that certainly could be. Uh, Paul never met these people, yet he prayed for them. Verse 3, he says, we pray for you. Verse 9, he says, we haven't stopped praying for you. Verse 12, he says, giving thanks to the Father, you know, for working in their lives. Uh, You you can, and you probably do already pray for people, really, that that you don't know. Many of you prayed for my sister, you know, and and only some of you have met her. Uh, Many of you have prayed for Jenny's brother, uh, and I don't think any of you have met him. Uh, you know, uh, so you you already are, you know, in in some ways praying for people you don't know, and that's certainly that's certainly um, possible, a reality, something we should do. Uh, just remember, you can pray for people you don't know. Now, that was just kind of that was a bonus, no extra charge for that one for this service today. Anyway, um, now I want to focus on these on the on the two areas that I think are really vital. Uh, for us, uh, you know, and as we're looking at that, I, I see the focus on on prayer here in these verses center really around two main thrusts. The first one is found in verse nine. In verse nine, he says, "For this reason, 
Also, since the day we have heard this, we haven't stopped praying for you. We are asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. So when you are praying for others, you know, when you're praying for them, pray that they might be filled with the knowledge of his will. You know, pray they might be filled with the knowledge of his will. Uh, This is so important. Paul says here, we have not stopped praying this. We have not stopped praying this. This wasn't something that he thought, you know, we could do one and done or two and done. We have not stopped praying for this. Sometimes we stop praying too soon, you know, uh, a variety of reasons. But sometimes we stop too soon. We, We just give up too soon. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7, he says, keep on asking. Keep on asking and it will be given to you. Keep on searching and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. You know, Pray and keep praying. Pray and keep praying that they may be filled with the knowledge of His will. Filled with the knowledge of His will. We spend a lot of time praying about our will, what we want, as if we continue to pray for it, that we will somehow convince God that this is the best thing that somehow if we, if we just continue doing it, you know, if we continue praying for it, that, that God will certainly relent and see things our way. I think we sometimes forget prayer isn't so that we can convince God of things. Prayer is so we can understand His will. Prayer is so we can come to the knowledge of of his will. But scripture says, you know, God will give us the desires of our hearts. Well, quit listening to these, you know, these, these, uh, 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 what do you call those guys again? The, uh, uh, you know, claim it and claim it people. Uh, uh, that's it. Pros- quit listening to these prosperity guys, you know, who are telling you that it's all about you and God just wants to dump a fortune in your lap. If he wanted to, he would have done it. Uh, you know, but, but here's, you know, here's the thing. When he says that I'll give you the desires of your hearts, this is what it is, what he's talking about here, the knowledge of his will. What he's going to do is not give you what you want. What he's going to do is put those desires, his desires, in your heart. You see, he will give you the desires of your heart. He will straighten out those goofy desires you have. No offense, but if you're offended, that's okay too. Uh, he will give you the desires of your heart. He will remove, he will remove those, those misguided desires. And you say, well, but it's a good thing. You know, it's a better, his will is a better thing. Okay? His will is a better thing. And this is what he's talking about, you know, that he will give you the desires of, you know, of your heart. To know his will is what we need. That's what we need. Now that I said that, you know, you might agree, but we get a little squirrely on this sometimes. You know, we get a, a little, you ever see, a, a, <laughs> so you're driving down the road and a squirrel runs out in front of you. And what does he do? You know, and it's like, dude, what are you trying to get under the tire? And you just, and uh, uh, 
So sometimes we're thinking about what's God's will, and we bounce here and we bounce there, you know. And it's it's like you know what's going, you know. And some people pray about about you know what it is they're going to wear today. Some of you should have prayed harder. But uh, you know, the, you know it's, it's, I'm just kidding. You all look marvelous. You look marvelous. Uh, just remember, my first fashion rule is comfort. If it looks good, it's just a bonus. Anyway, uh, you know, to know to know His will, you know, is what we need. And don't get goofy on this. We begin thinking about our job and you know, and 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 the you know, our needs, decisions we have to make. Um, it's very much a self-focused viewpoint. Now, let me say. Those things are important, and we should pray about them. Okay, they are important, but we should pray about them. But what he's talking about here, because we, we need guidance in those areas. You know, we need guidance in all, in all of those areas. Pray about them. You know, but don't sit still. Learn God's will. This is what he's talking about. Learning about his will. You know, the, the dominant way you learn about God's will is in God's word. The, you want to know God's will? Start reading you start you know that's the dominant way you know psalm 143 verse 10 he says teach me to do your will for you are my god may your gracious spirit lead me on level ground did you notice what the request is teach me to do your will teach me to do your will What he's saying is, you know, your will is, is, is there, Lord, and it's obvious. Now, now, teach me to do your will. God's will is found in his word. Romans chapter 2, no, 12, verse 2. Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. How are you going to discern that? You are going to discern that by knowing God's heart, by knowing God's attributes, by knowing God's desires, and you learn that by reading His Word. And your heart begins transformed, and your mind begins transformed as you learn more of what He says, as you learn more of who God is, as you learn more of God's attributes, as you learn more of His grace and truth as you understand more of his heart, as you understand what matters to him, then you are understanding his will. When you grow in your knowledge of God's word, you will be growing in your understanding of his will. You will be growing in in understanding his will when you grow in knowing his word. Ephesians chapter 5, he says, pray, no, pay, you can't pray, pay careful attention then to how you walk. He's talking about living, he's not talking about, oh, we're walking down. Uh, Pay that careful attention in how you walk, how you're living, not as unwise people, but as wise. Making the most of the time, because the days are evil. Make the most of the time, because the days are evil. He said, so don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. And don't get drunk with wine, which leads to reckless actions, but be filled by the Spirit. He's drawing a contrast here. He's saying, you know, don't be drunk with wine. Okay, so, you know, we can differ on drinking if you, well, we won't get into that. Being drunk is a sin. Very clear. Scripture is very clear. Very clear on that, all right? So, 
Uh, he says, don't be drunk. I, I, don't be drunk. Well, you say, well, it's not wine. Don't be a jerk. It's anything. Don't be drunk, period. All right. Uh, so he said, don't be drunk because that's controlling you and that is causing you to do things. And yeah, he says, instead, let the spirit control you. Let him cause you to do things. Let him bring scriptures to mind. When he talks about, about, about uh, you know, the Spirit bringing, that God will bring to mind scriptures, he's not going to bring something to mind you didn't put in your mind. Understand what I'm saying? He gave us his word so we can know his word. And when we read his word, you know what? Then he all of a sudden does bring some of those scriptures to mind. You know, and, and this is what he's talking about there. The focus is on doing, on living God's will. You know, it, it, he says, don't live as those who don't know Christ. Don't live like those who don't know Christ. Don't live guided by your passions. Don't live guided by your desires, you know, or, or your cravings. Be guided by what you know of God. Be guided by the Spirit, you know, in what you know of God. First Thessalonians chapter 4. All of these references are, are marked in your, in your outline. So, um, you know, but First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 3 says, For this is God's will. You're wondering what God's will is? Notice those words. This is God's will. Your sanctification that you abstain from sexual immorality so that each of you knows how to control his own body in sanctification and honor, not with lustful desires like the Gentiles who don't know God. It's God's will that you control your body. He says with sanctification and in honor, not lustful desires, that your behavior is honoring to God, not following lustful desires. Yes, he's talking about sexual things, but he's also talking about anything that we lust after that drives us. You know, it, it, he says, make sure what you're doing, you're honoring God. He says, don't behave like the Gentiles, he says, who don't know God. What he's saying is, don't behave like those who don't know God. Your life should be, you got life should be you're living your life like someone who does know God. We need to move. First Thessalonians chapter 5, rejoice always. Pray constantly. Give thanks in everything. Oh, here it is again. For this is God's will for you. You want to know God's will? For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. What is? To rejoice always. To pray constantly. To give thanks in everything. God's will for you. God's will for you is that you be noticeably marked. Noticeably marked here. By rejoicing, by prayer, you know, by giving thanks. This is what he says. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks and everything. This is God's will. He says God's will for your life is that you be noticeably marked by these things. How are you doing on these things? His will is you be noticeably marked by it. Matthew chapter 4. He says, but he answered, man must not live on bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. It is God's will that you not put a higher level of importance on other things. It's God's will that you put your highest level of importance on knowing His Word rather than getting more of what this world has to offer. The highest goal should not be getting more of what this world has to offer, but on getting into His Word. First Peter chapter 2. He says, For this... No, it didn't. For it is God's will that you silence the ignorance of foolish people by doing good. 
What does it say? It is what? God's will. Want to know what God's will is? It's in his word. It is God's will that you silence the ignorance, ignorance of the foolish people by doing good. Now, you know, it, what he's telling us here is it's God's will that you do good for people who don't know him yet. That's what he's saying. Don't try to silence them by lecturing them. Don't try to silence them by arguing with them. Why? Well, because right here he says it's God's will that you silence the ignorance of foolish people by doing good. Not by arguing with them. By doing good. 1 Peter chapter 1. By obedience to the truth, having purified yourselves for sincere love of the brothers, love one another earnestly, from a pure heart, since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and enduring word of God. Obedience to the truth. Having your life guided by God's word is following God's will. That is following his will. It's not some mysterious thing, you know, it's not some mysterious thing, you know, so grow in your knowledge of his word, live your life guided by his word, and you will be following his will. Now, yes, you do pray for guidance, but you know what? It's a lot easier to be guided when you know the heart of the one guiding you. When you know the, when you know the values of the one guiding you. Walking down the street, and I see Anna drops a thousand dollars, and you know what? I just happen to need a thousand dollars. Well, thank you, Lord. I can pick that up, and now it's mine. No, it isn't. It's hers. And God's will is that I pick it up and say, "Hey, you dropped this." I went to the bank the other day. Went to the drive-through because I didn't want to have to take the time to go in. I made a deposit and got some money back, and sends the money back. And you know, as I'm pulling away, I pull a receipt out and I count it out. He gave me too much money. He gave me one dollar too much money. And I thought, yeah, it's only a buck. And so I drove around in the front, got out of my car and went in. I didn't want to have to go in in the first place, so I went to the drive-thru. But you know what? It wasn't. Here's the point. It wasn't my dollar. God's will was very clear. You know, and I went back in and one of the things, you know, I mean, I know some people who did banking before and they have to balance their books at the end of the day and now he's trying to balance his book. And I'm a dollar off. How am I a dollar off? Well, here's how you're a dollar off, dude. You gave me too much, too much money. I went in and I said, and it's not, you know, so I was getting 30, I got 34, $32, $34, $34 back instead of 33 you know. I deal in big money. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I said, um, I said, you were supposed to give me $33 back. He said, yeah. You know, and he's probably saying, ready for me to say, you didn't give me enough. I said, you gave me 34 I said, you know, this one, oh, man, he said they must have stuck together. And I didn't have to pray about God's will. Why? Because I knew God's will. This wasn't mine. It needed to go back. You know, if, if, you, know, if you know his heart, you're going to know his will. You know, and it unfolds. You know, it's not a big mysterious thing. You know, being filled with the, with the knowledge of His will comes from being filled with His Word. 
he says, we're asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Proverbs chapter 2. My son, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you, listening closely to wisdom. Did you see what he said? You fill my heart with your words. You know, you accept my words. Listening closely to wisdom and directing your heart to understanding. Furthermore, if you call out to insight and lift your voice to understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it like hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and discover the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom, and from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. It's a bit hypocritical. It's a bit hypocritical to be praying you know, for God's will and, and ignoring what he's already given us of his will in his word. You know, you certainly pray for guidance and direction, but also you're in His Word so that you, you know, so that you, you know it. Don't ignore what He's already given us. If you're living and following what He's already given us, you know, if you're not doing that, it's a, a little hypocritical to be praying about it. Well, Paul gives four purposes here for being filled with the knowledge of His love. They're laid out in verse ten. Uh, this, this is, I'm just sharing with you the way I see this, you know, and how my mind thinks and. I hope it works for you. Uh, you know, but just four, four um, uh, purposes there. He's in verse 10, he says, So that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him, bearing fruit in every good work, and growing in the knowledge of God. The first one, he says, so that you may walk worthy of the Lord. We already covered this pretty well. You know, we're not going to spend a lot of time on this one. Our living needs to be guided by His will. You know, and and that's already found in His Word. You know, so His His li- your, our living needs to be guided by His will. That's already in His Word. So you know, when you know it and you're living it, and this is what He's talking about, so that you may walk worthy of the Lord. Walk worthy. You might live a life worthy of the Lord. You want to know His will. Apply yourself to knowing His Word. The second purpose. Uh, being filled with his knowledge there, and it just comes right out of that verse, so that you will be fully pleasing to him. So that you'll be fully pleasing to him. Some of the translations say, so that you may please him in all respects. You know, living a life worthy of the Lord, this is a high standard. It's a high standard that he calls us to. And it's, it's living to please God in every way, fully pleasing to him. Uh, Living up to the standards of the Lord, not the standards of the church. Now, I hope you know that that those are certainly should be in line. But you're living up to the standards of the Lord. You know, this is what He calls us to. And, and not thinking. Don't ever be thinking. Well, I'm forgiven, so it really doesn't matter how I live. This is understanding that it does matter how we live. How we live does matter. You know, we, we need to ask, you know, what would please God? And then we live that way. Asking, you know, fully pleasing to God. What would please God? And then live that way. The third purpose there in that verse for being filled with his knowledge and will is that we will bear fruit in every good work. And again, that's just right out of that verse. You know, that we will bear fruit in every good work. 
Um, you know, the work of God in filling us with his knowledge and will has results. You know, when, when he fills us with it, it, you know, it will have results. We're saved by grace through faith, not by works. You know, it, it's, it's very clear in Ephesians. You know, uh, you know, you are saved by grace through faith, and this is not from yourself. It is God's gift, not from works, so that no one can boast. But the result is good works, because the very next verse says, For we are his creation, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared ahead of time so that you should walk in them. We are bearing fruit in every good work. He saved us so then we can live for him, to help us not have to live you know, with, with uh, you know, those doubts and questions, but being able to live for him. The final purpose in that verse there you know, is that, that we'll work to grow in the knowledge of God. We will work to grow in that knowledge of God. Uh, you know, we're, we're given knowledge uh, you know, so that, that we'll see the need and the desire to continue to grow in that knowledge. You follow what I'm saying? We are given knowledge so we will see and desire that we will see that we need to know more. I remember very clearly being impressed by um, two realizations when I started studying at Bible college. Um, you know, I was, I was doing the welding and, and millwright work for uh, eight years, I guess it was. I was thinking it was six, eight years. Um, I graduated, okay, so now you'll know I'm old. Well, we all knew that anyway. So I graduated in 72, I didn't, you know, and, and I went, I went and got, I got a job because if you want to make money, you get a job. People don't realize that today. But anyway, uh, the, um, uh, and, and then if you wanted to make a lot of money, you, that's good old days. You didn't go to college. You learned a trade because they made. I was making more money than the guys working downtown with Ginny. Um, but again, that's just how God, how God worked that all out. Anyway, so I left that job, and then uh, you know, eight years out of school, and I really kind of blew off my last two years of high school anyway. And I get to Bible college, you know, because I figured that's where God wanted me. Because uh, during that eight years, I came to a relationship with Him, and then. Um, I remember I was I was really impressed by two things that became very apparent to me. Uh, one was the good teaching that we had gotten at the church that we were at. Uh, I just thought they were teaching me church stuff, and by golly, I learned they were teaching me the Bible. Uh, you know, and so I, I was impressed that you know the, the stuff that I had learned from our pastor and you know the the um, guy who was. Uh, teaching a Sunday school class that I went to, it just I was real impressed with that. But what really impacted me even more than that was how much I didn't know. I, I don't think I'll ever. I hope I never forget that. I was, just, you know, I'm sitting there and I'm hearing these things and I'm thinking, well, you know, my pastor taught me this, but what I was realizing was how much I didn't know. How much more of God's word I needed I needed to learn. That what I learned there in church, what I learned by going and hearing our pastor, what I learned by being in Sunday school was not enough. I needed to learn more, much more. Part of, of, of the result of God granting us knowledge is not that we think we know so much, but rather we begin to understand how much we need to know. 
how much more of him we need to understand. So we intentionally work to, to learn more. You know, your life is characterized by growth in the knowledge of God, he says, so that when you pray for others, pray they may be filled with the knowledge of his will. Pray that way. The second request Paul mentions in, in verse 11, uh, and, and again, this is, you know, the, the, the second one that really stood out to me. Uh, pray that they may be strengthened with all power. And again, it's just right out of what the verse says. Pray that they may be strengthened with all power. You know, seeing and knowing that we're not sufficient in and of ourselves, but we don't stop. We don't stop. You know, I can't do this. We don't stop. You know, when when you get to the point where you think, I can't do this, then you're in a good spot because then you're going to learn to trust God more. You know, you're going to learn to trust Him. You're going to learn to go forward in, in His strength. You know, we learned we're strengthened by His power at work within us. Now again, I think this, I think this, this prayer, um, this direction for prayer here is followed by uh, three caveats. Uh, one is that it's according to His glorious might. You know, we're strengthened. You know, we're strengthened with all power, but it's always in accordance with His glorious might. It's not simply a greater effort on our part. Well, I'll try harder. Well, yeah, do that. You know. But it's not that. It's not that, you know, it's not that it's just a greater effort on our part. It is, I can't do this without your help, God. That's what it is. Get into that place where we realize, I cannot do this without your help, God. And then yielding to Him so He can take us beyond our ability. We realize that we need Him to live. We need Him to, 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 to be the people He's called us to be. It's getting to a place where you can say, I know that wasn't me, God, that was you. You know, that was you. I remember realizing the first time God... And this just really fits for me, you know. Maybe it doesn't feel. I remember, I remember very, I remember very clearly, you know, those first times where God helped me to keep my mouth shut. I got a comment for everything. Ask Jenny. I got a comment for everything. Um, not only Pat's helpful hints, but. I could do a running commentary on life for you if you want. Uh, And I remember the first time God had me keep my mouth shut. And just thinking, that was you, God, that wasn't me. Because me, you know, we're going to, we're going to, it's all going to come out. You know, uh, it's it's that whole thing, remembering that, you know, it wasn't me, it was you, God. You know, realizing and understanding, you know, what it says there, that it's according to his glorious might. That he helps us to be what he wants us to be, transforming us, that transforming of our mind, you know, that, that working out, that becoming the person he calls us to be. The second thing, we display a greater endurance and patience. Display a greater endurance and patience. And again, that's right there in, in that verse. You know, we hold our tongue instead of letting that person have it. Um, the words here suggest a stam- stamina and a fortitude that continues on instead of quitting. 
that you continue on instead of quitting. You know, we prayed for the, we prayed for the, the, the you know, the, the students and, and the staff and, you know, those involved. And we prayed, you know, that God will help them to stand. And that, that's what part of this picture is, that greater endurance and patience. It's not being beaten down by the opposition, but it's continuing to follow God. It's continuing to live out His Word and not being beaten down by it. It's not settling for the quick solution. Not settling... For not settling for the quick solution, but working for the godly solution. Whenever somebody comes looking for help, the easiest thing for Pastor Kent and I to do is throw money at the problem. Oh, Pastor, can you help me? Sure, what do you need? Oh, I need food and groceries. Here's some money. Go get some food and groceries. That's the easiest thing to do. But it's harder to sit down and find out what they really need. And what we find out sometimes what they really need is to quit lying to us. You know, we got one guy who continually is calling us back now. I, I love it. I got a call the other day from somebody. And they said, well, you know, and they, they told me their name and stuff. And they said, I used to go there. And I really want to come back. And I thought... I've been here 33 years. I've never heard your name before. And you don't seem old enough to me. To, uh, you know, and so how, how do we, how do we, how do we, you know, how do we then help, help these people instead of just blasting them? You know, you don't go for the quick solution. You go for the godly solution. You know, you don't simply want to get something done. You want to honor God in the doing as well as the result. Unholy means bring an unholy end. The end does not justify the means. The, the means are just as important as the end. The third thing there. Uh, we live for God with joy giving thanks to God. We live for Him with joy, giving thanks to Him. You see, we're not known as a complainer, but we're marked by genuine joy. And it's a, it's a, joy, it's a joy that comes from God, not from our circumstance. It's not from our circumstance. It, it comes from the Lord. It's genuine gratitude by, to God. It is not begrudging obedience. Because I've got to do this. It's not begrudging obedience. It is, it is the, the joy that we, be, that we are able to have this relationship with God. We joyfully give thanks to God. You might think, how can I, how can I joyfully give thanks to God for this? It may not be for this, but what he does tell us here, we joyfully give thanks to God when we're filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. And then we are strengthened with all power. Why? Because we realize the reality of what the rest of these verses say. Look at what he says, verse 12, 13, 14. He has enabled you to share in the saints' inheritance in the light. He has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of the Son He loves. We have redemption, the forgiveness of sins in Him. You see, when we talk about knowledge and strength, it's His knowledge and His strength that are vital in us understanding all we really have in Christ. It's the knowledge and strength we need are from Him. His knowledge and His strength. 
It's from God. It's not from us. It's not something we conjure up. We simply grow in our knowledge of Him through His Word. And then we, as we learn more, we live more of what He says. As we learn it, we live it. And then we open ourselves up to His strength in helping us to live for Him no matter the situation, no matter what's going on. We open our lives up so we can live for Him in that. Pray for those. Pray for those you hear about and pray for yourself. You know, pray for yourself as well that you will have His knowledge and His strength and to better live in that reality. To better live in the reality that He has enabled you to share in the inheritance in the light. Knowing that He has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of the Son He loves. And that we have redemption the forgiveness of sins in Him. Knowledge and strength. His knowledge. His strength. Let's pray together. Father, thank You for what You have given us in Christ. And that knowledge and strength, the way in which You not only touch our lives, but transform our lives. And we need that. Uh, this world is, this world is uh, not the place we're going to find that. It has to come from You. So guide us deeper into your heart and understanding, understanding who you are more, understanding your love more, understanding all you have for us and all you uh, are calling us to. Draw us deeper into your word. I thank you for the, uh, the, the years you've allowed me to, to read your word and to uh, get into it, Father. And I thank you for those who went before me and laid that example. And, and Father, and I remember the times I just longed to uh, know a little bit more, and you have guided me. And Father, I still know how much more there is to learn. So don't let us stop. Don't let us back down. Don't let us be afraid. Help us to walk hand in hand with you. That um, that, that knowledge and strength that we need will be yours. You working in us and you working through us. For your honor and glory we pray in Christ's name. Amen.